You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Now I'm excited just to share, share the word with you this morning. Um, I want to share today about gaining kingdom perspective in every single area of your life. Gaining a kingdom perspective in every area of your life. This would be, um, this would be seeing things from a higher, different, a higher level. This would be um, seeing things through the lens of hope and seeing things through the lens of, of faith and love. This would be uh, seeing things uh, with a lens that God sees with. And so today we're gonna talk about elevating and gaining perspective, kingdom perspective in every area or situation in our life. And so I wanna pray really fast and then we'll, we'll dive into this. Father, I thank you for your word. And uh, I just pray that as we open your word, as we share this word, uh, in this word, I pray, Father, that you would just be found in it. I pray that revelation knowledge would come to us as we um, open our ears to hear. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to see you in Scripture, to see your plan for us in Scripture. Uh, I thank you, Father, for the hope that you have and the hope that you are. And so we just choose right now to, uh, to, to bind ourselves into glue ourselves to you in the next few minutes, that we would hear things and see things in scripture that, that actually point us more towards you and point us more into living the life that you died for us to live. And so, Holy Spirit, I welcome you in this room. I ask that you would just take over me, you would take over my mind and my, my thoughts and just even the way that I speak, Father, and that I would, I would communicate clearly and precisely the way in which you designed, Father. Um, and I just, uh, I'm overwhelmed and thankful for what you allow me to do. And, and I'm thankful that you would allow us to meet together. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, so much of seeing things with the right perspective in our life um, has to do with having right beliefs yeah. about the things in our life. Uh, so much of, of gaining right kingdom perspective has much to do with the power of right believing. Um, what I believe to be true about my situation, what I believe to be true about God, what I believe to be true about me, what I believe to be true about my relationships, uh, it has so much to do with how I will view things that are around me in my world. And in answering that question, uh, the answer to the question of how I view uh, God and me and my situation and my relationships, the answer to those questions, it determines my perspective about each one of those and ultimately it determines my perspective of my own life. And so today I want to share three things um, that I believe will help us gain kingdom perspective. Gain kingdom perspective. We're going to focus out of uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 2. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it. If you don't, bring your Bible. Start bringing your Bible. It's going to be up on the screen uh, and so you can read it there, but we're, gonna, we're going to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is a scripture that probably most of us in the room know, but it says this, uh, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to read it one more time. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? One thing that I want to start with is this. I want you to understand that 
that renewing your mind in, in going on this journey is exactly that. It is a journey. This is not an overnight process. This is not, uh, I, I wake up in the morning and my mind is completely renewed uh, to the fullest extent. In fact, this, this scripture proposes that there is no limit to how much your mind can actually be renewed especially when you're renewing your mind on the truth of the word of God, that is inexhaustible. There's no limit to the word, there's no limit to truth, and so there's no limit to how much of an ugly, stinky way of thinking I can actually get out of my body and take on a different kingdom perspective, right? And so this isn't, a, this isn't an overnight process, and even uh, the word transform that he uses, uh, in the Greek, the word transform is this word, and it's metamorpho. And this word, this Greek word, is actually the word that we get, the English word metamorphosis. We know what a metamorphosis is, and, and if you know a little bit about how the, the caterpillar becomes a butterfly and all of those things, you'll understand that this isn't an overnight process. A lot of species, it says that it takes them up to three weeks to make this full transition. Uh, other species, it says that uh, depending on the environment around them, I want you to think about this for a second. Depending on the environment around them, it can take them up to three years to actually go through the metamorphosis process into becoming a butterfly. And so as you think about this in terms of renewing your mind, moving from this place of being conformed to the image of the world, and moving from this place of, of, of the things of life kind of changing and, and, and sculpting some of your outlook and some of your perspective, moving from that but then moving into allowing your mind to be completely transformed, you too need to understand that this is not gonna be a fast process and it's totally fine. Because each one of us in this room have been subjected to certain things, we've been conditioned by certain things in our life, we've been raised in certain atmospheres that uh, it might take a little longer to start up the engine, so to speak, to actually start the process of renewing our minds. So I want you to understand this, it is okay if it takes a while, amen? Just be in a process. Just be in the process of you know, saying, you know what, Lord, I trust you, and I'm just gonna choose to look at you and as I look at you and as I look at your truth, I'm gonna believe that you're slowly transforming the way that I think. So I wanna start with this one. Um, the first way in which I believe that we, can, that we can gain kingdom perspective, something that will help us is this. Allow your soul to heal from hurtful life experiences. Allow your soul to heal from hurtful life experiences. I believe that this is something that will help us and help you uh, grow into more of a kingdom perspective. I personally am a believer uh, in inner healing. Uh, letting the Lord actually go into certain parts of our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, going into certain things that have happened in our past and actually redeeming them. Uh, I believe that this is something vital, something that's important, something that I have received tremendous fruit in my own life from. But everybody probably knows this, this saying. Uh, this is an old one. We said this when we were in school when we were getting made fun of. It's not, it's not that one that says, I'm rubber and your glue, what bounces off me sticks to you. It's not that. It's sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You've all heard that, right? Well, tests have proven that that is a lie. I feel like this is an episode of Mari all of a sudden. We're like figuring out if the sun is his or not. Test results say that that 
that statement is actually a lie. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There is so much packed behind words that you release and words that have been released about you or over you. So many words. You could actually even switch that little saying around and it could be said like this, sticks and stones may break my bones, my bones, but words will define me. Now, I know this isn't true for all of us, but there are some of us in the room today that you have had certain things spoken over your life, and we're talking about inner healing for a moment, but you have certain things that have been spoken over you from a young age that you're actually, they are your default thought about you when you fail. They are your default fault about you when you have to compete. They are your default thought about you when you get under pressure situations. Oftentimes, when I was young, I would, I would hear things like, spit it out, t -t -t today. These are things that I, I remember hearing at a very, very young age, and, and my brain, in a lot of ways, and I'm, I'm totally fine with this, and I'm not making excuses for this, but sometimes my brain doesn't form a sentence fast enough for me to say it in perfect timing. Doesn't bother me as much as an adult, but as a child, it bothered me a ton because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to have relationship. I was, uh, I was the oldest by five years. I had no cousins that were my age, so I found myself at an adult table a lot of times as a young person trying to have conversation. Well, I, I didn't put sentences together well, but I also found myself in adult conversations. Well, as a, as a kid that doesn't put stuff together well and needs to have conversation but can't fit into an adult conversation, I slowly but surely found myself hearing things like, spit it out. Well, I didn't know how to spit it out. Well, why does this even matter? So fast forward into life, any time that I find myself found myself, I should say, having to have conversations and having to have these social moments in life in junior high and high school, what I believed was going to happen out of the mouth of who I was trying to communicate was spit it out. See, and those words to me meant there's something wrong with the way that you speak. There's something wrong with how you're made. You don't, you don't put things together the way that you should, and so actually what you should do is just be quiet and not speak. So that's where I found myself a lot of times. I was so gripped by fear that I just wouldn't speak. Fast forward to college, I dropped public speaking twice. I was enrolled and then I wasn't. I was there and then I wasn't. Because all I could think in this moment was they're just going to think everything that I've always thought about myself and that is that you can't speak and that you need to figure out a way to spit it out. There was so much unhealth in my soul uh, that it would literally derail me as soon as I entered the arena, so to speak, of public speaking. I was deathly afraid of it. My thoughts, and this is the way that the soul starts working, if, if your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, my thoughts about what was about to happen would stir up emotion attached to previous failings, and so I wouldn't will myself to push through because I believed the inevitable was going to happen and it was failure. And this is the way in which I, I, was, I was being stunted in my growth of having a kingdom perspective. I could only see things as it pertained to me and myself and having kingdom perspective is above you and it's above yourself. It is so much bigger than that. Having gone through certain things like this, 
Uh, this has drastically changed the way that I communicate to my kids. My son has some very similar uh, tendencies about the way that he communicates. And one thing that I have made it a, a kind of just a drove, a drove a stake in the ground kind of thing is it will not come out of my mouth, spit it out. It will not come out of my mouth and it will not come out of my wife's mouth. I've corrected my wife. I've even corrected other people that even said things jokingly. And the, the thing about it was is that even the things that were said about me or to me, they weren't meant for harm, but they stuck with me. And the things that you say, you don't mean them for harm, but I, I, I bet you that they're sticking with people. And so the things that weren't meant for harm, they actually produced an ungodly belief in me about me that I've, at 34 years old, had to start figuring out how to, how to dismantle in my life. And so with my kids, I try to do my very best to not say things that they're going to have to get healed from later. I'm gonna tell a story of bad parenting on myself. I'm gonna make everybody else feel okay. You're not bad parents, I'm just kidding. My daughter, she was about seven, she played uh, two seasons of soccer. Second season of soccer, uh, first season was okay, second season of soccer, she, she should be getting it by now, right? This is, this is dad mode coming out, okay? So you're gonna have to, I'm taking pastor hat off for a second, going into dad hat for a second, and dad hat needed to get changed because it was not a good one. And so <laughs> I just expected her to know more at this moment in time. And so there's this one game in particular where she just literally was standing offsides the entire game. And so she's on the other side of the field and I'm hollering at her like, you're offsides, you're offsides, you're offsides again. Hey, you're offsides again. And I'm that dad in this moment for whatever reason. I don't know what happened, but everything that was sane about me left me. I hope you're laughing because you identify with that. <laughs> we get in the car. Presley, she gets in. She, I mean, she, she played soccer. She went. She kicked a ball. She got a snack. She got a fruit box, <laughs> like fruit juice box. Like, everything's fine. Like, it was, she did what she was supposed to do. No, she didn't. <laughs> she gets in the car, and I literally just start reaming her. I mean, I was, I was in it. I was reaming her. And uh, I realized that at one moment, I broke her. The sad thing was that I didn't stop. I just kept going. It's like I had her in a spot when I just kept needling. And I, this is not my personality. And I just kept going and kept going and kept going. And then finally, Stacy just cut me off because good wives are good for that. They, they will do that every now and then. They will tell you to just shut up. And so I needed that. And so that was when she was seven. She just turned 13. About six months or a year ago, I'm driving to the office. I'm coming down Wall Street, hit Garfield, the, the stoplight up here. And the Lord reminds me of this whole story. And I'm like, okay, so what about it? He said, you better call her and apologize. So called Presley on the phone as I'm driving to the office and I said, hey, do you remember, do you remember that day you had that soccer game and this is what happened and we got in the car and this is what I did? And she goes, yeah, I think about it all the time. And I said, well, I just need you to understand that like, I'm sorry and I apologize for that. And I know that I, I said some things that were terribly wrong and it wasn't right of me and I, I'm just asking you to forgive me. And she forgave me and we moved on, but 
one of the things that I didn't expect to hear was that I think about that all the time. And I hope that just this, this thing that happened between us where we, we kind of tackled something that was a soul hurt, that was a wound, hopefully it gave her a perspective that was different than what she ever had before as she looks at me when I'm watching her compete. So the first one that I just wanted to share was this idea of allow your soul to heal from previous hurts. It is challenging to have a kingdom perspective when your outlook in life is predetermined based on your hurts. The second thing I wanna share is this. Uh, it, is, it is vital um, to gaining a heavenly perspective uh, to renew your mind to the truth. Renewing your mind to the truth is so vital as it pertains to gaining a kingdom perspective. The second part of that verse that we read in, in Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Have you ever noticed how much your mind actually needs Jesus? Like, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes my mind will just go crazy inside. Thank God nobody sees what's happening in here because I would just get put in a padded room all the time. Literally yesterday, I'm driving to my niece's first birthday. I leave the gym, I'm going to my mom's house. For whatever reason, I decided I'm gonna go through this other neighborhood. I'm gonna go drive by this house that my father-in-law used to live in. I heard it's being changed around, I just wanted to see it. So it's all these turns that I didn't need to take. I could have literally just went interstate, turned right, and gone to my parents' house. But no, I went through this neighborhood, it was all these turns. As I'm going through all these turns and as I'm hitting all these stop signs, the thought in my head comes, what if there was a police officer following me? Would they have thought I was being suspicious? Would they have thought my driving was suspicious? And then without even hesitation, what if a bad person was following me? How does this happen? If a bad person was following me, what would I do? I don't even have a pistol in my truck right now. Would I call the cops? Would I just pull over and confront the guy? How do I even know it's a guy? This is craziness, and this is real, and this is happening. And you're laughing because you know, because you do the same thing. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay, if I call the cops, I would tell them my, my location, but then what would happen? Would I hang up with them, or would they just patch me into an officer that's in patrol that's the closest to my location? How do they even patch me in? How do they do that? What's that system like? These are all things that are happening in this brain. Do I start running stop signs so that hopefully they find me faster? But if I, stop running, if I start running stop signs, does he catch on to the fact that I'm talking to the police and then he just stops tailing me and he never gets caught because he's weird? <laughs> the problem is, there was never anyone behind me. Not at all. I was driving by myself. Sometimes your mind needs Jesus. Don't even get my mind started after I've watched any sort of Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> if Shooter's on TV, don't let my mind get started. If Tombstone is on, it's gone. It's never coming back. But being real though, it is so important to make sure that we're renewing our mind to God's truth and not our truth. 
is not just good enough to renew your mind, you're gonna renew your mind to a truth. Our friend Steve Backlin, he came and uh, visited with us, it's been probably a year ago. He um, is a super incredible guy, but he talks about how we are always renewing our mind. We're either renewing our mind based on God's truth or we're renewing our mind based on our truth. And sometimes we deem our previous life experiences as the truth. Well, this is what happened to so-and-so in my family. And so because so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that, this is the truth. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If grandma said it, it is the truth in so many ways. And yes, she has a lot of wisdom and she has a lot of truth in her. But I have to be careful about renewing my mind and washing my mind new based on what my life experience has been. This is a super, super dangerous thing. If I'm not careful, my life experience will talk loud enough to me that I start believing them to be the principal truth. It could sound like this. So you couldn't speak when you were younger what makes you think that you could stand up on a stage and preach today. There's still a common denominator in your communication, and it's you. That is what my previous life experience could tell me is true. And I could settle on that fact, or I could have a kingdom perspective and say, no, 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 I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have become new. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Lord knew me before he formed me in the womb. He anointed me with, he anointed my lips to share the word. Like, we have to start having a different perspective in the moments where our previous life experiences are trying to tell us they are the truth above all other things. The things that I've experienced in relationship will tell me I'm actually not designed for relationship. The rejection that you've experienced in relationship or maybe in marriage will tell you you're actually not designed and you're no good for a marriage relationship. And that is actually not true. You were designed for connection. In that Romans 12 scripture that we read, it tells me that if I renew my mind, I will be transformed. Yes. It is a very matter of fact kind of a process. If I choose to constantly put the word before me, my mind will get renewed to that word. If I renew my mind on God's truth that I am made for connection and that I need people in my life, then I will attract relationship and connection. This is just a principle. If I renew my mind on my truth that relationships always fail because I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, I will be transformed, but it'll just be into an outcast or a loner or someone that always has an excuse for why I don't need a relationship. The truth matters and allowing his truth to transform you without a doubt will shift your perspective into seeing things the way that he sees them. We have to stop getting our belief system from our life experiences. I'll say that one more time. We have to stop getting our belief system from our life experiences. Our belief system has to be founded upon his word because his word is true and his word never runs out. Your past 
will lie to you about what you should always believe. I'm gonna close with this. I have seven and a half minutes, and we'll see if that happens. The last thing I think that is so vital in gaining kingdom perspective is this. Remind yourself of who God is and what God has done. This changes things in the way that I see the world around me. This changes the way that I see myself in the world. And this constantly reminds me of who God is. The truth is is that you and I serve a really, really big God. And we serve a really, really big God who does really, really big things. It's the only way that he knows how to do it. Big things. Will you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17? 1 Samuel chapter 17, this is a story that we all know. This is uh, just a crazy, awesome David Goliath story. This is my son's favorite. He loves for me to read the part where uh, David picks up um, Goliath's sword and chops his head off with it. So like, this is the Bible, this is good. And so verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and you'll fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, this joker was crazy. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. A few things really fast about this. Obviously, much like everyone in this room, David was facing a giant obstacle. It was a giant, it was a real giant, it was a literal giant. This, this man that stands before him is someone that seems so big and so huge that everyone else is deathly afraid to even fight him. And maybe your obstacle is presenting itself in the same way. And maybe your obstacle is keeping you from seeing things from a kingdom perspective. The second thing about this that I notice is I want you to notice what the voices are saying to David. Saul says you are not able because you are only a young man. How many times have voices told you you are not able because you are a woman? You're not able to do that because you're divorced. You're not fit for that because you have no life experience and you're only 20-something years old. You will never have that. You're not able because you've been a bad steward of the things that God has given you. Stop thinking that success is anything that you'll ever have except the truth that you are going to fail. That is a lie. I love what David did in the rest of these verses in 34 through 37. David starts, one, he starts telling Saul and anyone else that's around what God had done for him. He starts talking about how when a lion or a bear carried off one of the sheep from the flock, that he'd go after it and he'd strike it. And he'd rescue that sheep from its mouth. And if that lion or bear turned on him, he'd grab it by its hair and he would strike it and he would kill it. And then he goes on to talk about how he would do the same thing to the Philistine and that God would actually save him. 
the testimony that you carry in your life is powerful. Anything that God has ever done for you, you need to remind yourself of it. Because it will change your perspective about your current situation. One of the things that we talked about home, uh, testimony in home church on Wednesday night, and one of the things that we talked about was that um, recalling testimonies of what God has done for you in the past always puts your giant in the proper perspective. Because it literally highlights how big God is in comparison to how small your situation is. And the other thing that we talked about, how there's a misconception about testimony. And the misconception is this, if my testimony isn't fresh and it isn't new, it's lost its power. That is not true. The timestamp on your testimony makes it no more or any less powerful. So it doesn't matter if it happened 15 years ago or if it happened this morning on the way to church. When you're in the midst of a battle, when you're in the midst of a circumstance or a situation that is dumbing your vision down and you can't see it from a different perspective, you can't see that God is going to provide for you, you can't see that anything good is going to happen, start recalling and remembering. Start recalling and remembering that time that God actually came through, that time that you heard God came through for someone else. If you have to steal a testimony, steal it. There's no safe testimonies. Use them for yours. There's an app, I would encourage you to get it on your phone, it's called Increase. Increase is an app that is nothing but thousands upon thousands of testimonies from the medical field, from kids praying, to uh, hamsters getting healed, to uh, rabbits coming back from the dead. I'm serious. Uh, this is. This is something that you have to start applying to your life because it will help you gain a different perspective about what is possible. Amen? We have to start shifting our vision by reminding ourselves of what God has done. Reminding yourself of who God is and what God has done. It tells us the word testimony literally means in the Hebrew to do it again. It reminds us that we have a huge advantage in the kingdom of God and God wants to reproduce some things in your life and he wants to do some things that are exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask, think, hope, or even imagine. If you're up against something that is changing the way that you see life and it's dumbing down, it's dulling your vision, start reminding and recalling the things that God has done for you and that he's done for other people. Such a powerful tool. And God wants us, and this is, is kind of even why I wanted to share this, I just believe that God wants us to start seeing things the way that they should be seen. I think that there's so many of us that tolerate things that we don't have to tolerate. There are things that happen in our lives that are, that are affecting the way that we see God. There are things that are happening in other people's lives that affect the way that we see God. I, I tried to do my best to live by a statement that sounds like this, never judge God based on someone else's circumstance. But there's constantly a challenge on who God is and how good is God. I don't know if it was last week or maybe it was, but I, I shared this thought. The single most important thing that you'll ever think in your life 
And the single most important set of thoughts that you'll ever have in your life are the thoughts that you have when you think about who is God. Because everything else hinges on it. If I believe that he's good, I'm gonna actually have uh, I'm gonna actually have a perspective that God is interested in doing something good for me all of the time, which is the truth. But if I have a limit, if I have a limited belief on who God is, I will live a limited life that I wasn't designed to live. And Jesus didn't die for you to have limits. It's just not who he is. He is an unlimited God who wants to pour out unlimited things in your life, but he needs us to come up here and have just a different perspective. Amen? So I want us to just be provoked into this place of thinking. Are there any things that I'm carrying around with me that are keeping me from seeing things the way that God is seeing them? Are there any things within my soul that I just need to flush out? Are there any things that I just need to work through? Are there any past hurts? And I'm not telling you like to live in this place of constant, I have to constantly be gutting myself and I have to constantly be uh, living this introspection and I'm never going to actually come to a place of, of ever walking in peace. That's not what I'm saying to do. But if there are any things that God is highlighting in you that's saying, hey, you should probably pay attention to that. We should probably have a conversation about Have a conversation about it. If he's bringing it up, he wants to heal it. Amen? He's not bringing it up because he's trying to gossip. He's not like us. He always has healing on his mind. Challenge yourself. I'm gonna renew my mind today. I'm gonna change uh, part of my thinking today and I'm gonna do it based on what God is saying even if it contradicts what I've experienced in my life. Never get comfortable with the amount of truth that you know always be expanding and always be growing. And then I just pray that you would be provoked to recall some stories within yourself. Drum them back up, feast on them, feed on them. If you're renewing your mind by reading the word, renew your mind by hearing the testimony of Jesus in your ears once again, and it will change your perspective about the things that are going on in your life. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.